Welcome to the Team Radical Podcast, a podcast that is dedicated to everything hunting in the great outdoors. If you guys love every aspect of hunting and the camaraderie that goes along with it, I promise you will love this podcast. Please make sure to leave us some positive reviews and those five stars. We appreciate it. Now, let's get to the show. Welcome to the Team Radical Podcast. We are here for week, I think it's five and six, and shots fired. Holy cow. It has been Probably the most insane two weeks that I can ever remember for Team Radical. I mean, unbelievable, unbelievable success. And I can just name them off here. Myself, Nate, Jake, uh, Mike Horsner filmed his buddy. Uh, shoot went on his farm. Chance, Josh, Matt, Logan, Sean, Chris missed, Stormy missed one, like, it was absolutely nuts. It has been on fire. The past two days has been just unbelievable. I think five or six just in the last two days. And here it is, November 13th. And November 13th, uh, 2019, that's the date uh, I shot Uno. So pretty cool. <coughs> Pardon me there. And if you hear any background, background noise, that would be my girls watching uh, Tinkerbell, I believe. But anyways, we're going to hop into this. And we're going to probably do this in a two or three part segment. I can't have Sean on the phone tonight. Uh, Stormy is cramping and probably going into labor. So hopefully that's going to go well and everyone's okay. And that's going to, that's going to be Sean's first little boy, first, first kid. So huge uh, congrats to Sean and Stormy when the little boy gets here. Uh, But we're going to start with my hunt and then we're going to hop on the phone with Jake. And then we're going to hop on the phone with Nate and talk about their stories. Pretty wild uh, stories. And to start mine off, I've been hunting a particular buck on this home farm I call Glover. And he's a he's been a nine-pointer. The past two years, he's been a nine-pointer. Just a clean, straight nine. And passed him multiple times over the last couple of years. Last year, had some really good footage, really good encounters with him. Great four-year-old. And then this year, he, he actually put on some inches. He blew up. He, he turned into a ten-pointer mainframe 10 and he's got a an extra point coming off his base just a really cool deer found him in velvet and you know he's in the same place he always is in velvet got some really good pictures and videos and you know was really setting the stage for him and a couple other bucks on this home farm but he was really the one that i wanted on the home farm no question about it just he has one of those frames that when you see him it's like wow you know one of those you know he's not super wide just stands up tall and anyways i put a game plan together for hunting this buck and uh i got my reveal tactic cams out and started getting pictures of him started getting a lot of videos of him and, and none of them were daylight and all the way up until uh let's see been sunday which would have been the 6th november 6th hadn't had a single daylight of this buck and i was hunting this buck in this pinch point where i actually shot uno and he'd be close to daylight, but not quite. You know, about 15, 20 minutes after was about the closest I got to daylight from him. And I, I here we are, you know, we're approaching gun season this upcoming Friday. And I'm like, I, I've got to do something. I've got to do something to go after this buck. And the reason why I picked out this pinch area is because it's, I mean, either one of those shooter bucks could come through there. So I wasn't really targeting specifically just him. It was basically going after one of these three different bucks. But I knew him and this big eight-pointer were staying further east on the property, I thought. And I was talking on the phone with a neighbor who shot a buck and tracked it on me, and they didn't find it, and he ended up being alive. And he hadn't got a single picture of the buck, this big buck Glover. So that eliminated that direction, and I'm like, man, if he's not there, he's got to be to the east of me. So I decided to make a game plan. I went to my 360 blind that morning on November 7th, which would have been Monday morning, and I I knew I was the very furthest west part of our property, or north, or I'm sorry, southwest of our property, and I'm like, I know I'm not going to see that deer. There's a potential I could see one of, one of the other ones, but... Really didn't think I was going to see that deer. And I didn't. My game plan of sitting in that blind was just to sit out there and think. I grabbed my phone, went through Onyx, 
and literally sat there for probably an hour and a half to two hours with hardly taking my head off face off the phone just trying to figure out how I could kill this buck that afternoon and it's kind of wild and uh the the way it went is I was picking where I wanted to be on my onyx on this lane so we have this lane that goes through our property from one field to another and typically throughout I'd say 75% of the the year there's golf carts going up and down and there's uh side by sides foilers whatever and the deer really kind of get used to it they don't really spook and if they do they just run off just a little bit and just watch you and carry on so I decided I was going to try to use that to my advantage and luckily I had Nate down here Nate Adamson and he was gonna film me do all this setup and everything and he's gonna hunt a different farm that evening so I said, here, here's the game plan. The game plan was to throw my M2S bike on the back of my side-by-side. We're going to drive it up there. I've got a, a Novix Echo tree stand with a set of four sticks and a, and a mini stick. So I've essentially got five sticks. So I can get up there pretty high with that. And I decided to drive this side-by-side up there real slow, knowing that probably one or two of these shooter bucks was going to be laying really close on this lane right off of it and to kind of give you a visual of what it looks like is right off this lane it's extremely thick full of autumn olive is just invasive and then it only goes for about 75 yards on each side and then it goes to wide open hardwoods you know big white oaks a lot of acorns typically they're not really bedded on those wide open flat on that wide open ridge top but Sometimes they are, but I, I didn't think that's where that was going to be. I figured they were going to be in this this thick, nasty stuff, especially if they got a doe. And we're driving up there, and sure enough, one, the, one of the shooters, the big eight-pointer, was actually laying probably 10 yards off the lane, and he ran right inside the woods. And I don't know where he went, but anyways, he was out of the picture for that afternoon and drove to this field i turned around came back and as i'm coming back i i pick out two trees as i'm going real slow that i want one of the two i want to get in and after looking i decided on one and i can get up there pretty high and kind of get in a squirrel nest where basically this tree forks out three different ways and it's going to give me the best cover because it's pretty wide open there's not a lot of big trees there and they could definitely skyline you pretty easy if you don't pick a good tree there so I decided on this tree and what I planned on doing was going to leave the side-by-side running. I was going to take the stand off, hang the stand, take the e-bike off the back of the side-by-side, lay it down by the tree. So that way, if I got done hunting that afternoon, I can ride my e-bike back and, and not have to walk through there and bump all those deer out if, if I didn't get the job done that afternoon. So my plan was I was going to come back the following morning to hunt it if... I didn't get it done that night. So we do that. And just to kind of rewind a little bit, I did get a trail camera picture fairly close to this area. Finally, finally, one picture. And it was him in daylight. Just got part of his rack, just enough that I could tell it was him. Probably about a hundred and some yards from my stand site where I ended up sitting. But anyways, get the stand hung, get everything up. Nate takes off on the side-by-side and leaves. And at this point, it's probably 11.30 or noon. And honestly, it started off really slow. I was expecting some better midday movement. Didn't see a single thing until probably 3.30. Now, keep in mind, it's so thick behind me that and in front of me, really, on the other side of this lane that you can't see in there past this autumn olive and everything. It's just so thick. And about 3.30, I hear these leaves crunching, and it wasn't squirrels, even though I've seen a million squirrels up to this point. And I can just hear crunch, crunch coming, and I know it's got to be a deer. And they're probably 30 or 40 yards away, if that. And I sit there and listen and listen and listen for what seemed like forever, but it's probably only a couple minutes. And then all of a sudden, I just hear this, this deer bust out of there, not blow, just bust out of there, take off running, and I can see it. It's a doe. And she's running straight away from me. And the wind was perfect for me. So it definitely wasn't my wind. And that's another reason why I had to make a move and not hunt one of my already pre-hung sets. 
we had multiple days of the northeast winds and easterly winds. So I had to change it up and do something different. So I decided to get closer to their bedding area where I thought they were at, where I thought he would take a doe, one of these two shooters. And that's how, that's where I decided to go. Now the doe takes off and about 30 seconds later, I hear that slow walk through the leaves. The one, you know, that we always dream about hearing that, that walk through the leaves. I'm like, well, that's definitely got to be a buck has to be a buck and gets in the same range roughly where I, you know, originally heard that doe walking and it just got real quiet. So didn't think, no, I just sat there and listened and listened and listened, hoping he'd pop out. Never did. Never did. And, uh, the deer must've walked. He walked away. I'm assuming he went exactly where that doe went, probably followed her trail. I never could see him though. Then a little bit later, probably around four o'clock, had a small buck coming out in front of me and crossed the lane, came wide open, and you know that was awesome. And I watched this buck, and he did a three sixty on me, and he got straight downwind of me, and I was really worried that he's going to blow out of there. And you could tell he got a lick of my scent, but he he couldn't quite tell, and he just sat, he just stood there for probably fifteen twenty minutes. I don't even know how long it was. It seemed like forever. So I, I just ended up taking my attention off him, turning back around. I had plenty of cover, so he couldn't see me. It's like, you know, there's nothing I can do. So I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, out on the lane in front of me, this at this point, it's probably about 440, yeah, somewhere in there, 440, 445, and I see this doe pop out. And she whips her head back around and looks inside the timber, and I can see another body, but I can't see, I can't tell what it is. Like he's standing in this autumn olive and it's thick. It's nasty. I'm not sure what deer it is, but I'm assuming it's a buck at this point. And that doe ends up walking directly towards me, starts walking directly towards me. And at this point, the wind had died down. There's hardly any movement. I know I've got to be on my A game. If it's a shooter buck, I need to be prepared. So I turned on my uh, action cam. Then I turned on my main camera, got everything fairly set, grabbed my bow in hand, ready to go, just in case it is one of these shooters. And this deer, this doe, keeps walking right to me, and she ends up coming 10 yards. And she's standing, you know, basically right under me. And all of a sudden, I can hear this deer just thrashing inside the woods behind her a ways. And I, I know this this buck is coming. And I'm like, it's got to be one of these big ones. And it wasn't 30 seconds later. You can hear it. And you can hear it in the video, too. You can hear him just start running down the lane or comes out on the lane finally. And as soon as he finally comes out on the lane, I can see him. And split second. At this point, he's 30 yards probably. And I'm like, holy crap, it's him. It's Glover. And the camera's set. Everything's good to go. He He's starting to run right in the frame, getting ready to come in behind this doe. I come to full draw. And then he, he runs a little bit further than I expected and goes out of the frame on the camera. He's at eight yards, 10 yards, eight yards. So I'm at full draw, and he's out of the frame on the camera. So I lean down, grab the handle with my teeth, and tilt it up come back to my anchor anchor position on the bow and at this point now I sit back down because my camera was actually a little bit lower so I'm sitting on the seat this deer's eight yards and he's quartering to me hard not gonna lie to you he's quartering to me hard but I'm like you know what he is 10 yards I'm gonna take that arrow I'm gonna put it right in front of the shoulder and I'm gonna I'm gonna put it right through his pump house and I pulled the trigger and I mean, he did a whole wicked sideways flop kick and took off running and I could see him going through there. And actually you could see him on the video. The deer lasted 10 seconds total from the shot to the time he was down, rolled over dead, 10 seconds. He went 40, 45 yards, something like that, fell over dead. Just an unbelievable hunt. And it's, it's, you know, it's a hundred percent what the rut is like you know just when it's on it's on deer running and this buck was obviously singled out a doe and pushed her right to me he she took she pulled him right to me and uh <coughs> this deer is a stud you know and just an awesome five-year-old deer my plan worked i was so excited called my wife called the kids called nate 
and you know Nate was coming back over there and I didn't get, walk up to the deer I went back to the house real quick it's not that far at all grabbed the girls got Nate we came back recovered the deer like I said went 45 yards knew he's already down just blood absolutely everywhere and I'm gonna tell you right now I shot him with an expandable I shot him with the G5 Outdoors Mega Meat that is the deadliest broadhead that I've ever shot not saying that just to be saying that i'm telling you that is the deadliest broadhead i have ever shot that arrow went in over 80 85 percent into that deer granted yes it was 10 yards but after gutting him out and everything it actually went right through the center of his heart and actually was poking out the other side of the skin so absolutely got the penetration it was you know the location i know a lot of critics will be on that angle but uh you know what? I felt confident, 10 yards, and and I thought I could really get in there. So that's what I did, and it absolutely worked to a T. But an absolute phenomenal hunt, and it is going to be one on the YouTube channel coming up soon. Really looking forward to putting this all together. I think I'm going to do a just a hunt by itself for, for this buck, and then at the end of the year, I'm going to do a hunt recap with all my encounters, all the hunts and everything together as well. Uh, we've had some really good hunts after that. The buck I uh, shot and deflected the arrow off of middle of October, October 18th. He is back. He is healthy. He is fine. We just had an encounter with him last night, 70 yards. Almost got the Jen almost got the job done. She was, you know, freaking out. It was awesome. Uh, Saturday, so been yesterday, I'm sorry. It would have been Friday. Took my wife out in the afternoon and we saw the other big shooter on the home farm, the real wide one that I've already had four encounters with. That's the fifth. He was 70 yards. Didn't quite make it happen. He didn't commit the rest of the way. And uh, we sat through his snow. How crazy. We have snow here in Illinois. And not just a little snow. Like, it snowed like three inches where we're at. And we got up that morning, which is Saturday morning, and we had a little bit of snow on the ground, probably a half an inch, maybe an inch. And I didn't look at the radar to see when it was going to stop because we left all of our stuff in the tree from the night before. And we get up there and it snowed, did not stop snowing until probably 830, I'd say. And man, as soon as that snow stopped, then we started seeing deer. Saw a ton of deer, passed a really nice four-year-old 10-pointer, uh, but it was cold. And we sat till probably 1030. It was very cold. I can't believe my wife stuck it out. You know, it was even difficult for me. It was pretty cold. You know, sitting there in soaking wet snow was not not enjoyable. But hopefully I can get her a deer. And hopefully, you know, I'm going to be hunting hard uh, this week, this coming week, for specifically that buck that I deflected the arrow off of middle of October, most likely. And then that's going to roll us into shotgun season, taking my family, uh, going to shoot a ton of does, hopefully. And just really looking forward to that, spending some time with family. But back to the Glover buck real quick, you know, just how that all worked was really studying the onyx, really studying trail cameras, communicating with good neighbors. All of those things were key. And putting that plan together without going in there and scouting and doing all that stuff really was beneficial. And I used things that the deer were already used to, like I said, golf carts, side-by-sides and everything. I thought about walking up there. I thought about riding just a bike, but they're used to side-by-sides. They're used to golf carts. So I thought that's what I need to use. And I'm so glad I did. And where I think this buck actually was at with this doe, he was actually probably, if I had to guess, he was probably 100 yards away laying uh, on top of this ridge on the backside of all this autumn olive. And he probably, I would put money on it, heard us coming in. He might not have been able to see us, but he definitely heard it. But I don't think it it freaked him out or anything. And it was critical to have two people because I had to have someone obviously drive the side-by-side off. And that's what Nate did. So they hear it come in, they hear it leave, they think coast is clear. Well, coast was not clear. Uh, put the big boy on the ground. So super excited to film my first buck tag. It was an awesome hunt. It's going to be a great, great episode. Looking forward to showing all you guys that. But with no further ado, we're going to hop on the phone now with Jake and talk about his wild hunt. And then after him, we're going to hop on the phone with Nate. 
But this has just been an absolute wild, crazy past two weeks to the point where I have, we're not even able to, we're not even able to hardly keep up on social media right now because it's happening so fast. It is wild, and I am so thankful, so happy for all the guys. It has been a fantastic year already, and here here it is, only middle of November. So we've got a lot of season left. I think this could end up being our best season yet. So no further ado, we're going to hop on the phone now with Mr. Jake Vansel. Well, hey there, guy. Hey, Jake. How are you? Oh, good. I mean, Chris just got done eating. Are you down at Chris's cabin? Yeah. Awesome. So you're going to be filming Chris now, huh? Yep. Cool. I well, gave him I gave him my lucky rock. So your lucky rock. Oh, I forgot to even mention that in mine. I had my lucky rock with me too. How do you pronounce yeah. that rock that I found in Oregon? Uh I remember. Obsidian. Obsidian arrowhead or point. Yeah. I don't even know what it's called. Yeah. I should have never told you what to look for. <laughs> I know. It is quite the keepsake. <sighs> But hey, man, we're on the podcast, and you've been running around like a chicken with your head cut off between you putting a big buck down and going to take pictures for guys. It has just been an absolute insanity uh, for yeah. the last two weeks. I am way over an oil change, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Well, let's do a breakdown on your hunt. Um you shot a stud buck that you've got some history with. I don't know if you got a name for him or not. Probably something original like the Big Nine. Is that what he's called? It was it was very unique name. Um, call him the Big Nine. <laughs> That's what. <I> mean. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was just a deer that I never really named because I never thought that I had a chance with him. Um, the only time I ever saw him in person was in 2019 um and it was beginning of november and i saw him one time for a split second he came to the field edge stood there for a minute looked around didn't see any does and then popped back in and i honestly forgot about that deer because i had trail camera pictures of him but it was all at night so i knew i wasn't in his core area and he just disappeared and off my radar so Yes, yeah, so you you had other bucks you were targeting on this property as well. Yeah. Yep. Gotcha. There was there were some other shooters. Um they ended up getting taken out and then there was another one called Batman, which he just got a widespread. He's like one thirties, but he's like a eight or nine year old deer that I think I'm gonna target now, but but yeah, he I mean I would get maybe five or six trail camera pictures of this deer a year and that's why I knew I, I wasn't in his core area, so I, he just really wasn't wasn't on my hit list and radar. Yeah, I weren't really paying attention to, for for him specifically. No. Gotcha. Well, take us through this hunt. Well, leading up to this hunt, I guess a little back story on this is you haven't really hopped on yet because you've been riding the struggle bus. You have not really been seeing any shooters up to this point, seeing dinks, um, shot a doe or two. And, and, and had not seen a single shooter up to this point. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, up until last week I had shot two does and I saw one buck, maybe one thirty, and that's, you know, my math. So that's probably pushing it. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I wasn't seeing any shooter from the stand, not even from the distance. And every shooter I had was between midnight and 2 a.m. And they just were not, were not moving. Yeah. So at least, the, at least by me. Yeah. So the wheels got turning. I'm sure like you, like, like what I did, I mean, something, something's got to change. You got to do something different, right? Right. So walk us through that. What'd you, what'd you decide to do? So I was getting p- more pictures of this buck. Um, the big nine. I was getting more pictures of this buck and I, I knew I had to be close to his bedding because I hunted one evening and he was there an hour after me. I'm like, all right, I have to be close to his bedding area. So this stand is only good on a South wind because it's open bean field to the South of me. 
and to the north is a river at 50 yards. So it's a perfect pinch point, and there's a huge scrape that I made at 20 yards. So I figure they're going to be checking those bedding areas. So I actually hunted that stand every south wind that I got. Um, I didn't think I was going to overhunt it because it's super easy access. And I just kept hunting that knowing that he is betting in that area. And it's just a matter of time before he comes out there within daylight. So my first day of vacation that Thursday afternoon. Yeah. What, what date is that? Uh, October 9th. October 9th. Or, uh, October 9th, November 9th. I want to say, holy cow, <laughs> starting a really long yeah. vacation. Boy. Yeah. Heck, I wish. <laughs> but but uh, November 9th, it was 75 degrees, and I, uh, I saw all that west and northwest wind coming, so I actually went and trimmed out a stand before I went, and I was all sweaty and not even thinking I was going to see a deer. And then uh, 3.30, I hear a deer sneeze to my right. And the way this stand is, the bedding, I'm right on the edge of the bedding. So and it's kind of like the end of the bedding. So when they hit that, they got to go through that pinch point to hit the other bedding area. Mm-hmm. So when they come into my shooting lane, I'll have a shot. They're going to get my win, but I'll be shooting at that point. So... At 3.30, I turn around and look, and I just see a body. And for some reason, I was just like, oh, that's a doe or something. You know, it's way too early for a big, mature buck to be on his feet. So for some reason, though, I turned on all my cameras and and grabbed my bow. And then I look back again, and it's him. And then I just kind of blacked out. (laughs) (laughs) started freaking out like where is he gonna go and i thought for sure he was gonna take this 17 yard trail right to the scrape but he didn't he went on the downwind side trail and he was gonna just kind of check that scrape on his pass by okay so he was at 26 yards okay and uh he came in and I tried to stop him and he kind of took two more steps. And by the time he took two more steps, he was kind of out of my shooting lane. So I had to dip down. And then when I shot, he took another step. The shot was still low, but with that other step, it was low and back. Well, hold up. So I because thought, Yeah, because – we watched the footage a million times. You had absolutely no idea where you hit this deer. Right. I mean, so, you had no clue. Like, we didn't know what end of the deer it hit. You couldn't even see. We played the video back, couldn't couldn't see. And it was like, put that thing on a big screen TV and play it frame by frame and try to figure out where in the heck you shot this deer. And TV is an hour away my hunting spot so yeah, yeah. <laughs> but i was i was watching it and i was replaying i'm like i think i hit him there but like frame by frame watching that back i'm like heck i still don't know you know where i hit like you know like i said i blacked out so yeah <laughs> i went down i i waited over an hour went down grabbed the arrow arrow was covered in blood there was blood at impact but it was white hair I'm like, well, that's probably never good. Right. And uh, followed it for, I don't know, 20 yards just to see, like, if it was liver or what. And then I bumped up a deer, and I'm like, oh, great. So I decided to take the, the quickest way out, which ended up being the blood trail up to the bean field, and I stuck my arrow on the ground where I had last blood. And uh, I was walking out, and I, the bean field over, I hear a car honk. I'm like, 
and they pull in the field entrance there. I'm like, great, just people scaring deer around. Right. Well, go, go, I go back and talking to you guys. And we all said, wait overnight, we, wait overnight. We're, we're going to wait over. ADD, ADD Jake's like, can't, can't do it. Ain't happening. Yeah. <laughs> it got to about nine thirty, ten o'clock. And I'm like, I got to go get that deer because it was, it was only going to get 60 that night. That deer was going to spoil if he was dead. And that was eating me up. I just could not, could not take that. Yep. So, I called Chris and he's like, yeah, I'm game. So I went and, you know, picked up the colorblind kid to help me blood trail in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> so we get out there and that deer went to the field entrance. We blood trailed them to the field entrance. So, so at this, that car at this was, point, how far, how, how many yards is this roughly? Uh, about four, four, Four fifty. Wow. Okay. And I mean, we're we're following good blood. I mean, it's we got turned around in a couple spots. A couple spots that got spotty, but I mean, we were. Yeah, he doubled back a couple times. Um, but uh, we stayed on it pretty steady, and then uh, we got to that field entrance, and he, that car, spooked him, like. That car had to see him bleeding and spooked him, and he just ducked in the brush and died 20 yards inside the brush. So that car that was honking was probably honking at your buck. Yes, 100%. <laughs> Holy cow. Because I think he was, was going to try to cross the road. Yeah. And then uh, that, car, that car came and honked at him, and he just ducked inside the brush like 20 yards and died. So how far from the truck was he dead? Um, from where I parked, he was probably 75 yards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You gotta love it when you shoot him and then run towards the truck. Yeah. I was like, Chris, we don't even need the car, bud. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. So, and, but, and you took pictures. There's actually like skid marks in the road from this car. Pro- probably. So Chris seen him first and he starts freaking out. And I, I turned to him to see, like, what direction he's looking so I could see where the buck is. And as soon as I turned, like, a huge thorn tree fell on me. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, like a huge thorn branch fell on me. So, like, I'm getting stuck by all this honey locust and, <laughs> and trying to point it off me while he's filming me. Like, oh, do you see him? I'm like, I can't see nothing. I have a thorn tree on me. <laughs> Oh man! So he's seventy-five yards from the truck. Tell us where you hit him. So, if I was not shooting those mega meats, I guarantee I would not have found that deer. I went through gut into liver, all white hair. So it was very low, very low entrance and I got, I got super super lucky it was entrance and exit in the white and it clipped the gut and liver really yeah i still am mind blown that that deer died but i will take luck over anything yeah so kind of a reese waddington experience yeah well i was texting him i'm like hey send me a picture where you shot your deer because I'm pretty sure I hit that same spot. And then I was checking deer cast like a maniac, like maybe I hit there, maybe I hit there. And they were all like, he bedded 150 yards and died. But me checking the arrow and tracking him 20 yards bumped him up. And he probably would have died within 150 yards. But yeah, you bumped him a little too soon. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't know where I hit. <laughs> I mean, yeah. No idea. Wow. So yeah, th- this, this buck is, I think you said this is your best bow buck to date, right? Whitetail. He is. He's an oldie. So I was looking back at that 2019 footage and he looked four or five there. So yeah, 
I really don't know how old he is, but he is a brute. Wow. So he could potentially be seven or eight years old. Yeah. He did. That deer's neck and face and just everything about him just looked, I mean, the definition of mature. Holy cow. Yeah. And he had like a, a reddish tent cape. Like he's the most beautiful deer that I've shot. Yeah. He is pretty. And, very pretty. Yeah. He is just a beast. And that was the second time ever laying eyes on him. So I would ask you like, what is he? But we already know he's a nine. He's got nine points because he called him the nine pointer. But uh, kind of score-wise, what roughly what is he? I roughed him. Well, Kyle, <laughs> you 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 know my math. It's horrible. I'm gonna horrible. <laughs> I'm gonna have my cousin. He back, tried. He, probably. he tried screwing me out of like 15 <laughs> inches on one of my deer because he forgot to add. <laughs> That's no lie. Well, well, like, like that's I said, 155 inches. What I came up with. I'm like, Jake. I just added your math, and it came to 171. <laughs> Well, that's why I'm a forester, not a mathematician, bud. So okay, so you really, <laughs> really roughed him at about 155 inches. You said, yeah, he's 155 and some change. That G2 was 13 and two eight. Wow, I made sure I got that math right. So dang, that is but huge. just massive all the way through, and and I think this was from trail camera pictures. This was his biggest rack for how old he is. Wow, that's crazy. I've seen many deer do that, you know, seven plus years old, grow their yeah. b- biggest rack, which is just wild. Yeah, very surprising. Wow. Well, but, you know, just got lucky on that 75 degree day, and now everybody's laying them down. Yeah, yeah. Now it's hard to keep up. I mean, it's we got know it. cold front and snow, and all of a sudden they're hitting the dirt as fast as I've ever seen it. <laughs> Yep, and I I gave Chris my lucky rock, so hopefully uh, tomorrow's Chris's day. I'm here filming him. So Heck yes, yes. Well, good luck, boys. Hopefully, hopefully you can lay it down and film Chris shoot one. I know he's had a rough go too. It was on the struggle bus, uh, but I, I'm confident he's gonna he's gonna get a shot. Well, he's got my lucky rock now, so yeah, he's good to go. Yep, awesome. no excuses now. That's right. Well, hey, man, huge congrats to you. Good luck to you guys tomorrow. I know I'm looking forward to hunting this rest of this week. So good luck, and uh, we'll follow back up with you guys here soon. All righty, man. Take it easy. All right. See you, Jake. See ya. Hello. Hello. Hi. Is this Nate? Yes. Yes, it is. Nate the Great. How the heck are you, man? Where are you at? Are you in Texas still, or are you back home? I am in Texas. You're still in Texas. Yes, sir. Where they're shooting like 10 bucks a day? Uh, Yeah, that's a slow day. Oh, my gosh. That's freaking wild seeing your snaps and stuff. But So what are you doing down there anyways, I guess? Start off with that. Uh, uh, what's going on here? Oh, can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? All right. Sorry. I have Instagram plans. <laughs> Okay. Uh, focus, anyway, focus, uh, focus. You're the worst are, person. <laughs> are we live right now? Yeah, we're live. Absolutely. We're live. We're right. live. I am uh, down here filming whitetail uh, hunts go down. Okay, for some different shows and stuff? Uh, yeah, Precision Hunting TV. Uh, cool. Got hooked up with them and been coming down here a couple times this year and running the camera and seeing what Texas hunting's all about. Yeah. I remember you texting me like, man, this is killing me. I'm down here in Texas. It's nice and warm and y'all are getting a massive cold front. And yeah. And then I, then I seen your picture of uh, all the snow you got and I, I wasn't uh, too disappointed. Yeah. It was freaking cold. It was definitely However, the, the bucks are dropping up there. Oh my it gosh. Like, like record breaking for us. Yeah. It is. Uh, it has been an epic year for us, for sure. The past two days have been the craziest two days I can ever remember for Team Radical. I mean, yeah, I think six down in the last two days. It's I can't even keep up with it, dude. It's happening so fast. I know it. It's wild. Uh, Everybody's having good encounters, getting close calls. The guys that haven't shot, like it, it's just straight up on fire. Unreal. I don't. I don't see it stopping. I don't either. Or, no, we're just getting started. We're we're halfway point, baby. Yeah. You know. Oh, okay. Sure. So, yeah. You, 
definitely can't beat a, a, a good cold front. That's right. Well, hey, man, we've got you on tonight. We're going to talk about your hunt. Uh, you put down an awesome buck. Pretty cool story. Definitely a story that definitely fits you um, to a T. And looking forward to talking about that tonight. So, yeah, I guess let's walk Let's walk. Walk through it. I mean, um, from the beginning. Well, uh, like I said, I've been busy filming, not, not only down here, but, you know, with you guys and everybody else. So, uh, I really wasn't anticipating getting out in the tree myself a lot this year, which uh, totally cool with. Everybody knows that I ain't got to be the one behind the bow or the gun to enjoy a good whitetail hunt. So, um, really was going into this year, just excited to continue doing that and, uh, wasn't getting really too amped up about hunting myself, but, uh, came off of a, a four day, uh, work hunt trip filming and, uh, how's that work, man? And I woke up from a little siesta there at, on my lunch break, man, I just, I couldn't take it no longer. And I, I wanted to get out. So I left work and ran home and got my stuff, but it, um, it was a farm that we, uh, we picked up what, two years ago. Um, didn't have a whole hell of a lot of, um, knowledge about it. It, um, we knew there's some good deer that, that came through there early. Um, and last year I hunted it opening day and just had a crazy hunt when they were picking the corn. I ended up having probably 10 or 12 bucks underneath me within bow range right there at, at the last light. And it was just a lot of stuff going on to really be able to get off a shot. I really didn't know where to put the camera, let alone my bow sight. So, um, anyway, uh, the rest of the year, I just, I kind of stayed away from there. I didn't hunt it much just because of the, other opportunities I had going on and just kind of wanted to let the cameras do the work for the year and kind of see, you know, what, uh, what kind of potential the, the place could have. And, uh, so it, it's a cool little spot. It's, it's just one of those spots that, um, you, you can't overthink it, you know, you, you, you really can. It's, uh, yeah. So kind of break down what this property looks like. I mean, from what I mean, I gather, it's, it's mostly all, Ag, right? It's ninety nine percent ag with a five acre woodlot on it. There, you you really only got one or two, maybe three uh, quality sand sites. You know, depending on you know wind directions or whatever. So it's it's nothing that you can you know overthink, and which is great because there's so many variables with you know bigger farms or farms that offer a little more. You know, to where you can. Or public really, that you're used to, like a ton of public. Or, or public. yeah, just, you can just just a sea of timber. With it. Yeah, and you know it could be a, a daunting task, you know, trying to figure out where to put a put a tree or a tree stand. So um, it, it's a, it's one of those spots that, with all that being said, that it's it's great to just when when you're low on time and you just want to go to go and be out there and you know just go out there and relax without, you know, overthinking anything. So, sure. uh, it's, uh, it worked out great for me this year on my very first fit in the woods by myself, uh, hunting for myself. And, um, last year it was corn and what I could tell from the cameras and stuff, even before they cut it, that once the acorns started dropping, you know, that little woodlot was just packing in the deer. And I mean, a lot of bucks, some good bucks, a lot, a lot of several good bucks in there. Um, but like I said, once they picked it, they, they kind of had to retreat to the bigger timber and, uh, you know, kind of got out of there until later on in the, in the season. But anyway, uh, this summer, um, I was up there farting around, checking out another farm, hanging some cameras. And I decided to just go by there and take a little walk and, uh, I was actually uh, kind of surprised that to find out that it was corn again. Um, so I, I got immediately jacked up just cause I, I knew with that, all the standing corn there that, you know, it, it creates a lot of a bedding cover. And, um, I suspected that, you know, it, it, 
there's a good chance that it could be having the same amount of traffic in there at least early in the year. So I think that was back in uh, late June. So uh, I actually walked right back to the truck and grabbed like five or six cameras and threw them out real quick and um, got the ball rolling there. And um, me and JP, we, uh, we went up in there, I think early August and checked those cameras and uh, hung a tree stand um, and, uh, but like a, going into it, so I, I was excited, you know, seeing what I've seen, but as again, going into it, just knowing, I, you know, it's not those spots where you're going to, you know, spend your whole week vacation hunting, you know, it's just, it's a, what I call throw farm. The, again, those farms where you just go and relax and don't overthink it and you just kind of go to be out there, you know? So right. I'm, I'm really enjoying those little those little spots, you know what I mean? And, uh, and, uh, it's, it's a lot more, uh, simplistic, I guess, you know, and, uh, yeah. actually it, it worked out. I kind of played my cards, right. Um, uh, with, with the corn being in there late this summer, but anyways, I, so you had, you had uh, some history with, with some nice bucks in there from last. Oh year. yeah. Yeah, some real whoppers. I'm talking 180 inch bucks, you know, that we we're having some pictures of. But you, of course, you know how that goes, you know. Uh, the yeah. good ones disappear on you once it comes breakup time. And of course, when crops come out. So, yep. Um, but I'm, it's, it's a super cool little spot, man. And fortunate enough to be able to hunt it. So, so it's lunchtime. But, you wake up from your nap. And you're flying home to get your crap to head to the spot. Yeah, yeah. I was, uh, I was, I, I had the opportunity, and I was just kind of sick of work, and I was like, you know, I was only there for like four hours, you know, from being off for five days, and I was like, I still couldn't take it, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I hope my boss isn't listening, um, <laughs> even though I'm a hundred percent sure he knows what's going on when it's November and I do these things. So. Um, Anyway, you know, I, I get over there and, uh, of course I'm, I'm walking through the tree and, uh, I noticed that the corn's still standing. So I'm, I'm getting pretty jacked about that. You know, and I was really surprised being November 1st that, you know, they haven't got around to it, but luckily the, the, the farmers that, that do take care of that ground, they just, they're a super big operation. So, um, Fortunately for me, it took them a little bit of time to get over there and get it cut. And I think it's still standing right now, or it was before I left to come down here. But anyway, get all the way over there. And uh, I climb up this ladder stand that me and Jacob hung. And I knew immediately that it's facing directly west and the sun's just beating in your face. And I was like, man, we just, we put it on the wrong side of the tree. So Luckily, I had my Novix in the back of the truck, um, so I was thinking to go back and get that, but I went ahead and set up all the camera gear and stuff, and um, I went to go knock an arrow and realized I had left my quiver laying on my kitchen table an hour away back at home. Holy crap. So that, and what time is it? Uh, this is, luckily, it was early enough. It was like 2.30 at this point, so... A little bit of freak out moment, you know, yeah, and, and this, my that's younger, before that's before time change, right? Right. Yeah, yep. before time change, I had I had enough time probably to go home, grab it, and then drive all the way back, and maybe get lucky, you know. But luckily, I got friends that live close by to there, and Jacob being the my saving grace on that one, I uh, I called him and told him the situation. He's like, "Yeah, man, I ain't hunting. I come come grab my quiver and." Luckily, all you know, we shoot the the same bow and the same arrows, and uh, you know, have the same draw length and all that stuff. So, I, I knew his stuff would work, and he was cool with letting me uh, steal his quiver for the night. So, <laughs> I ran back to the truck, and I mean, ran back to the truck and hopped in and squealed tires and ran over to Jacob's house and stole his quiver and. Um, got back to the farm and I was like, man, I'm going to grab this Novix and set it up on the backside of this tree a little bit, try to get a little more in the shadows to where it's not, the sun wasn't just blasting on my face, you know? And plus I, I really, when we hung that stand, there's this, you'll see it in the video 
where this limb out of this dead oak tree comes across and there's a, a major trail that that limb just blocks so just hanging that novix above the seat of um the uh, ladder stand but on the you know side of the tree a little bit gave me the clearance to shoot over that limb and it, that wasn't really my reason why I hung a ladder or a, the hang on um, it was more or less to get out of the shadows and a little bit more into cover but I'm glad I did because that was the exact trail he came on otherwise I, I wouldn't have probably have had a shot yeah and um, just to backtrack a little bit the reason why you guys hung that ladder stand is because JP takes his kiddos um, and, yeah, and want, yeah. want, want to be safe right Oh yeah, that's yep. why you guys elected to put a put a ladder stand in that tree. Oh yeah, yep. We we really set it up for uh, his son to you know to use hunt out of, but it was it was the only stand we really had in there, um, yep. other than some old ones that were you know still there, but definitely not safe to be climbing. But um, but yeah, it, it gave me the a, a spot. You know, it's in a great location, just right on the edge of that woodlot where they come. They got to come out of the corn across this little set aside strip. And then they typically will, the bucks anyway, there's a series of scrapes or there was last year down the edge of that woodlot. And then they eventually feed into that woodlot and nibble on acorns and relax, you know, in the evenings and stuff. So <clears throat> just a, a really cool little layout. Um, and uh, so anyway, I, I got back to the tree, got got that that stand adjusted, and uh, an arrow knocked right at four p.m. and I'm I'm feeling good. Like in my younger days, I think when something like that would happen, I would just slam the shit in the backpack and you know drive home just matter in hell, you know, right. to my stupidity. But I uh, I don't know. I picked those arrows up from Jacob, and it, it seems like every single time, like when something goes wrong or like we don't have our shit together, that's when things happen. And that's exactly what he said. You know, he says, he said, it's shaping up for you to kill one tonight. So I'll be, I'll be waiting for your phone call, you know? And anyway, I got the ball rolling, got up there and, uh, immediately, man, a nice little flock of hens came in and, uh, fed around me before they ended up kind of getting spookish. They, uh, they knew I was there and, um, they knew, um, I also got a turkey tag in my pocket. So that's probably why they got a little weird, <laughs> but anyway, so I'm sitting there and, um, it was a beautiful evening. It's, it's fairly warm. I, I think that that night is mid seventies. So it's like definitely not ideal mature buck movement, you know, but Again, I was just kind of, I had, I had a one of opportunity to hunt for myself and I just wanted to get in a tree. So I got out there and, um, I was enjoying it, man. And, uh, anyway, it was getting about five o'clock and I started hearing what it sounded like. Just, you know, um, here's the corn just getting ripped off the stock, you know? So I pick up the binos and I just start blasting the first few rows of or what I could see into the corn, you know, for, for deer movement and, Right in the corner of that field, I it took me about five minutes or so, but uh, I picked up a doe, and I was like, well, there's something here, you know. Eventually, I, I knew she was going to do what I know they do and work across that CRP and into that woodlot. And, and I'm watching her for a good 10, 15 minutes and filming her, and I'm looking through the LC and filming her, and I just start seeing this rack behind her, like, probably 10 yards a little further into the corn. And I was like, Oh boy. And, um, he, uh, I knew like it was going to be a deer that I was going to want to kill. And, um, hell I, I watched him for probably 30 minutes just nibbling on corn and he was not leaving that doe, man. She would, she would mosey on a little bit down, down the line and towards me. So, and he was not very far behind her. So, you know, I at him and watched him and, I mean, like Station is actually one of these bucks that we had on camera and I seen last year. Um, so I was like, hell yeah. He's, I thought at the time he's, he's a good four by five, you know, and um, kind of a lopsided rack here, but a uh, good, mature, just a brute of a body on him. And anyway, uh, things are going good. She's slowly coming my way. And I was like, man, I, I just want to see what this guy's going to do. So 
I, uh, I just threw a couple grunts at him and, uh, he looked my way and didn't think too much of it. And, uh, I was like, well, that's enough of that. I ain't gonna, ain't gonna be too pushy with him, you know, with knowing, had, having a good feeling they were good. But eventually, at least work would lie. It was about 5.30, maybe a little after, um, I lost track of that doe and I was just kind of watching him and he's still in the corn looking over at 40 yards and here she is coming out of the corn and angling right towards me. And I'm like, Oh man, this is great, man. This is, this could happen, you know? So, um, I, at this point I kind of lose him, but I have a good feeling he's going to pop out. Right. And the, the corn is probably 40, 45 yards. Um, across this little uh, set-aside strip from me. And uh, with, with the way the grass is, it's just a, a little too far to shoot. Um, but anyway, she is perfectly coming to me, just slowly feeding, you know, taking her time, doing this and that. And at one minute, she actually stopped and, and peed and flickered her tail. And I was like, man, this, this girl's right, you know. So I'm feeling good that he, he's going to pop out too, you know. And she actually ends up coming – 20 yards past the tree angling upwind just perfect and actually gets into this woodlot that I'm in and just to the east of me a little bit. So I'm like, he's, he's going to do it too. And, uh, it took him a little bit, but, uh, once she got in the woodlot, I think that kind of got, got him moving a little more. He was like 40, 50 yards behind her. And then he, he eventually popped out of that corn came right where she took a pee and just, made a big old scrape right there doing his thing. And, uh, I was, I was just, I had the camera on the left side of me, which is not ideal when you're self filming, especially bow hunting. It's just the way I got to be set up in this tree. And, uh, so I'm trying to find, you know, focus with my right hand and I got the bow in my left hand, which was kind of a debacle getting itself because it was on the back side of this tree and I had to grab it with my left hand with an arrow knock to go underneath my safety harness strap in between me and the camera arm and the underneath the strap. It was just, of course, classic self-filming freak out moment. You know, your heart's going, you're like, how the hell am I going to pull this off? And luckily, like I said, I was in those shadows and, uh, he just had no idea I was there. And, uh, long story short, I guess, you know, he, he, came to 28 yards right in that window that I needed him to. And, uh, I pulled back and he lifted his head up from feeding and still wasn't looking at me, just looked in my direction. I just, I, I squeezed the release, man, and just, just drilled him. But, uh, he, uh, with the way he ran, he, he definitely ran on to the neighbor. So I knew, I knew it was a little bit back, definitely liver hit. And I, I knew more than likely I was going to want to give him, overnight anyway but being on the neighbors i need to you know contact them and um of course being new to that farm and not really knowing anybody around there like it was, it was kind of a little freak out evening you know i didn't really sleep much that night just really wanting to get permission to go find this deer so i uh, of course made a bunch of phone calls and sent out emails to people that I thought might know a contact information to, um, the owners of this farm that night, <laughs> making phone calls at weird hours that I probably shouldn't have been, you know? Yeah. Um, but of course everybody knows in that moment of time, you, <laughs> you're freaking out and don't care, you know, <laughs> yeah, 100%. You, just, you just want to recover your deer and not, not waste anything on them, you know, and get it to them before the, the coyotes and the rest of the things can get to him. So anyway, we, uh, we woke up super early the next morning. And of course I got to call the boss and let him know that I'm not going to be there. So, uh, <laughs> again, I'm sure it's all expected. Right. Um, <clears throat> anyway, get over there right at daybreak. And, uh, with the way this, this buck ran, he would have had to go through another 10 acre woodlot and then potentially cross the road. Um, which that distance is probably 300 yards from the road. And after, you know, looking at the footage and talking to you guys and everybody else, we were all pretty confident that he wasn't going to go that far. But, uh, 
while we were waiting on you to get up there, me and Jacob would just kind of cruise that road to see if we could happen to see any blood to where like he might have crossed the road. But just a precaution why we tried to get a hold of this landowner and, um, or to just figure out our next move. So anyway, while we were waiting on you right before you showed up, uh, a fellow bow hunter of ours down the road, um, he knew exactly who to call and uh, texted us his phone number and uh, called the guy and uh, got his crisis. And he was very um, appreciative of, of us giving, giving him a call and doing that. And we're not those type of cats to just go beat and brush and trespassing and stuff. We, we, uh, we believe in karma and know that if we cheat the system anyway, we probably ain't going to have the same amount of luck in the future, you know? So yep. it, uh, yep. it, the stars aligned exactly the way they needed to. And, uh, anyway, we, uh, w- we knew we were probably going to find the deer dead and, uh, we didn't really even look for blood just because of the pocket that he ran into. And, uh, from looking at the footage and seeing the exit hole on him that, you know, it was definitely going to be a dead deer. So, um, it was just kind of a, a body search and we really just kind of walked right into him and, uh, you got there and, uh, we, we started looking for him and I mean, it took us 10 minutes and, uh, long story short, I think all in all, he probably ran maybe 150 yards before he died in his first bed. I mean, definitely died instantly that, that mega meat ended up putting a two inch hole all the way through him and right through the middle of the liver. And I mean, he died instantly with as, as hard as he was and how uh, cool he was on the inside when we field dressed him that it was a, it was an immediate kill for sure. So, but like I said, I had to play ball and uh, get a hold of that landowner. Plus, you know, when, when you have a little bit of doubt, it's uh, even if, they run in towards the middle of your property. It's best to just, just wait if, if you're, uh, you got even a slight marginal shot on them. So it, uh, it all worked out, man. It was, uh, it was a great 24 hours and, uh, being my, my first time in a tree hunt for myself this year. And, uh, just with the year I've had period, you know, uh, you know, filming and filming all the deer and the, the bucks that I, I've, seen die this year it's uh it, it was really icing on the cake or so i thought but it's we're just getting started like you said man it's a it, it was a pretty cool outcome and then plus you know of course having you there that was our our first recovery together and uh jacob of course is just it was a good team effort and uh just an all-around good time man and good your time. biggest big is and my, your best my buck. biggest buck my best buck man and and, so, and and it wasn't a four by five. <laughs> no, it was a pleasant surprise. It was actually a six by five. So, <laughs> I mean, uh, in the heat of the moment, I just, you know, would try to do what everybody does and don't look at the rack. Yeah, you know, you look, look at them enough and yeah. know that you want to kill them, but you're like, you know, that's, that's don't look at the rack. Just yeah. stay focused on shot placement, you know, so. Yep, for sure. Uh, it, uh, it worked out. And uh, if it wasn't for Jacob, I mean, uh, probably would never happen. So, um, yeah, for his quiver, extremely, extremely <laughs> thankful for, for the friends I got in my life. You know, they, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's fun ride. It's going to be an epic episode. I can't wait for everyone to watch. Yeah, it. dude. I, I, mean, I, I don't, I don't want to, you know, no spoiler alert or to brag or anything, but it might be my best footage I've ever laid down. So, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's I'm awesome. I'm halfway there with it. Hopefully, I'll, I'll I get back home tomorrow, and hopefully, I can uh, continue hammering it out and have it out for everybody to see here before too long. So, heck yeah, um, pretty cool. But then we kept the ball rolling with you, you know. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just got done. We just got done talking about that, and you know, I mean, was, I we couldn't have pulled that off without you. I mean, it is, I'm just glad I had. I was there, man. You know, I, I know. I, I I remember seeing your reaction. You're kind of like, whatever. Like, it, you know, you didn't even question what I was what I was doing. You're just like, I'm just yeah. yeah I mean, I'm just I'm just here I mean, for the ride, man. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's no way in hell I would have done that on my farms just because I'm extremely paranoid with certain things. But right. you know, you're there, and I mean, you uh, you called your shot, homie. I'll I'll definitely give you that. And 
I couldn't get out of that tree fast enough and get over to your house. I'll tell you that, man. Yeah. I was, uh, Unbelievable. As a matter of fact, I'm sure I left something in that tree. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, so. that was incredible. But yeah, I mean, just an incredible, uh, these past two weeks have just been absolutely nuts. I've, I've never, yeah. never seen us have anything like this happen. And the bucks keep getting better and better, man. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, more and more guys are, you know, they're, they're, they're letting the bucks go too, you know, and they're just, you know, they, they got their heart set on a, a different size and yeah. Uh, we're hitting our stride yeah and the guys are killing it on the footage i mean it's yeah what's crazy is our our normal killers haven't even gotten started yet so yeah yeah and and they're close i mean oh yeah I mean, oh yeah they're, we're, we're just talking about the for sure dead you know dead bucks down but for but sure we, yeah. we haven't got to have everyone else on yet but they they're oh man so close on many different yeah. bucks so it's just a there matter of time. More to come. Yeah, and like you said, we're we're just getting started. It's literally November thirteenth right now. And I know I'm jacked for the rest of the season. Just just to see how the rest of the team and everybody else is doing, and just outside of our team, man, it just I feel like it's a good year out there in the Whitetail Woods, man. A lot of yeah, a lot of people are putting down some really respectable deer this year. So yeah, uh, it's like the we might not be on. in the heyday, but yeah, yeah. Yep. So, yep. Looking forward to it. Well, hey man, I appreciate you hopping on tonight. Uh, yes, sir. Huge congratulations again. I was so excited. Yeah, appreciate for you it. Shooting that buck and and recovering him and. Uh, I appreciate you being there, man. It's no, a I, good moment. It was an honor. It was so much fun, and you know you got a neighbor close to that farm too. That you know he allowed us to go there and wash your deer out. Showed us his trophy room. Super cool dude. Uh, oh yeah you know that's what hunting's all about you know just good time with friends and family and the camaraderie it ain't a it ain't a it ain't a me sport it's a we tradition like we say at team radical man and that uh we we hold that true to our heart and uh we'll always continue to do that so amen well hey don't get a sunburn down there in texas and uh looking forward to getting you back home hey getting the side i'm over I'm over this place. Everything down here will bite or poke you. So I'm uh, I'm ready to get on a plane and head home tomorrow. So and right as on. soon as I do, I'm climbing in a tree and trying to knock down another one. So heck yeah, man. Well, look All forward right, to having you back on. So we'll we'll catch up with you soon, bud. All right, buddy. See you. All right, see you, Nate.